Galatians 1.10 says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? For if I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Tonight I'm speaking on boldness. And, uh, and I think I've got a, a kind of a few subtitles here. Boldness, no fear of man. And then in brackets I wrote, Give me more passion, Jesus. I long, and I'm going to speak out in, in a prophetic sense to our church, that God is our, our, for city lights to be the most passionate people in the city. That when, they, when we go to work, people are so attracted to us because there's the light of Jesus in our hearts that they can't do nothing but just say, okay, what is inside you? What, what is that thing? What is that thing that makes you different? Why is there so much integrity in your life? Why, what is the thing that motivates you in the morning? What, what is it? And I think we're never meant to be believers that are, are honestly, and I've said this so many times, but look like we've been baptized in lemon juice, where we've got the sour faces, and our life is hard, and everything's a struggle. I think the, Jesus says it is come to give us life, and life abundantly. He says that the, the devil steals, kills, and destroys, but God comes to bring us life, and life abundantly. And um, I remember when I... Public speaking was not number one on my list growing up of the things to do. I, I, I had one speech that I did. In South Africa, we had to do English and Afrikaans speeches. I basically took my English speech and I made it into Afrikaans. And, uh, and then I did it every year from, uh, from about grade nine to the, my final year in school. I did the same speech, got, I think, a D average, which is pretty good for me. And... Um, but I really, I, I struggled with it. I used to get up and I was like shaking and I'd be nervous and like, whoa, what is this? And like, and, but I knew kind of get, getting saved and, and coming back to Jesus in my last year of high school that God had put something in my heart for me to share with others. And then I thought, okay, that's great. But I can barely stand up in front of people and, and talk. I remember I did a year of uh, like a Bible college year and I thought, okay, I'm going to get so on fire for Jesus and I'm going to go out and, and preach the gospel. And then I remember going back to my school students Christian association. I think Jeremy might have been there when I spoke. And I remember getting up there and I was like, I thought I honestly nailed it until the, the student Christian association teacher came and said, maybe you should pray for more boldness from God. So I was like, thank you. So clearly I wasn't as good as I thought I was. And, um, and then just kind of going into, into ministry, Starla's dad was, was great at throwing me in the deep end. And I've, thro- I've thrown a couple of people in the deep end. I'm going to throw some more in the deep end with speaking. And I mean, his dad used to get me to lead prayer meetings, a couple of hundred people. There's one thing preaching, but another thing leading prayer meeting where I was about 18, 19 years old. And I'm leading people that are sometimes triple my age, have, have like, they can like almost walk on water. They're that kind of spiritual and, uh, and then he would, I would be nervous. Honestly, I used to sit at work and just like shake. And, uh, and I thought, something has to change. And I started, over that time, my biggest prayer was, God, give me more boldness. Now, I'm not saying that some of you will never get up here and preach. There's going to be a lot of you that will. Just looking around the room, God is raising up leaders. Bruce, Clint, Jim, I know you don't want to hear it, but it's true. Um, uh, what's your name again? <laughs> Brendan. <laughs> God forgot your name. And um, I remember one clear story. I, I was in the church. I'd probably been kind of come back to Jesus for about a year, and uh, I was asked to do the communion. 
And I, I really, I, I, I duffed it up, which I messed it up so badly. I kind of, I got the, the scripture all wrong. People didn't know what they were doing. Eventually, one of the, the pastors had to get up and rescue it. And it's because I lived in this place of like being so fearful of something that I'd put like a barrier in my mind. And I, and I was lacking boldness because I had this barrier in my mind. And I used to pray to God, God, I know you've called me to plant a church. I know you've called me to speak in front of people, hopefully thousands one day. But I need your boldness. I need you to change the inside of me so I can speak your gospel. And slowly but surely, God started to do something in me. And I think we all need boldness in our lives. There's a, I wrote down a few things. Um, clearly, is like we cannot bow and live for the approval of men. That's, that's, a, that's a clear thing. As Christians, we live to please God first. And it's not that we have disregard for people, because I think some pastors can maybe misread that, and then they just use people for their own gains. It's not. It's all about you. It's all about the people. It's all about sheep. It's all about the, loving the sheep, etc. But there's a boldness. So the first thing is this. We're living in a time which traditional truths are being shifted on sexuality, on, on, uh, on what we believe that this, uh, around marriage, there's things that, are, that, the, that governments, and obviously with America, passed the bill about homosexuality and, and all this stuff. There's, we're living in a time where things are drastically and rapidly changing, and, it's, and there's pressure being put on the church to change our views. Are we willing to stand up and be bold if there's a gun that's pointed at your head and say, are you willing to stand up for Jesus or not, or are you going to actually back down? And um, there's an amazing moment where, where uh, Jesus says to Peter, he says, before the end of tonight, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, no ways. And the moment uh, he gets into a bit of a tough time, Peter denies him three times. Jesus ends up restoring him. And I think, how many of us, when we came to the crunch of it, are we going to stand up for truth? Even having conversations with friends who know you're a believer and you say, what do you think about this subject? And you, say, and you stand strong in it and, they, and you may be persecuted. You may be unfriended on Facebook, which is, by the way, quite an immature thing to do. I've, uh, I've, I've kind of had, never had disagreements necessarily with people, but some people didn't like me and then they, they unfriended me like the next day. And then, because... Uh, yeah, anyway, and then a couple of years later, they, they want to friend me again. I think that's just so weird, okay? Can we stop these childish games? Okay, that wasn't even on my notes. Um, and I think the main thing is that we need to have no fear of man in sharing the gospel of Jesus. I think we need to be wise in this region. We need to, I wrote this verse down, it says, Stay alert. This is hazardous work that I'm assigning to you. This is Jesus speaking to us. You're going to be like sheep running through a wolf pack. So don't call attention to yourselves. Be as cunning as a snake, but inoffensive as a dove. And we have to be wise in this region, but I think we need to be bold. We need to be able to stand up for truth and know what truth is in our heart so we can speak to others. Romans 1.16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the herald, uh, it's, 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 the, the preaching of Jesus was never a, a, a personal relationship. It's a heralding. It's a, it's a breaking forth. If you look when the gospel started, Jesus was resurrected from the dead. The disciples waited. They were all filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter, who denied Christ three days before, gets up, preaches in front of thousands. Three thousand are saved. And there was a boldness that was put inside all of them. This gospel went out. It was heralded. It was, it was spoken out to the nations. Within a few years, the, the, the known world had the gospel preached because these guys had something in, inside them. 
and nothing has changed. We are still, you and me, the recon- the, we are the ministers of reconciliation. God could come in, in the form of Jesus again and kind of save the whole world, but He has decided to work with us in preaching the gospel. That is the call of every single local church. It's to preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that there's God who came to earth, died on the cross for you, was resurrected on the third day, and it changed everything. I've, I've spoken about that lots before, how without Jesus, the world would look utterly, utterly different. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first, uh, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, which is the Gentile, which is us. So I want to look, I've been um, going through a reading program. It's, uh, it was a one-year program. It's taken me a little longer than that because uh, I tend to get stuck on, on stuff. I, I, like I've got another Bible that I can look at the meaning of the words, and then I've got a commentary. Before I know it, it's been an hour, and I've only read one part of the four parts that I was meant to read. Anyway, so it's taken me long, which is a good thing. But I've been going through Daniel. So if you want to turn in your Bibles there, we're going to have it up on the board. For me, these three, four young dudes, just to give you a bit of context, you can read it out in Daniel 1. But um, Israel has uh, kind of sinned against God. They've done a whole bunch of things that God said they mustn't do. And there's been many prophets that have spoken, don't do this, don't do this, otherwise I'm going to exile you to Babylon. Anyway, the Israelites really got to such a bad point where they were sacrificing children. It was absolutely terrible. And God came and he sent his wrath and he pulled, he basically kind of finished his nation in a day and uh, pulled them off to Babylon. And then there's a point where, where kind of three, the, the story that is picked up here, where Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, were picked out of all these Israelite men to go and serve under the king, just the, kind of the cleverest dudes of the time who, who were sharp, who were healthy, good looking, whatever looks good in the king's palace, they were kind of chosen to go and serve. So God took what is a te- could be a terrible situation, and he, pl- he plants Daniel in this place, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to be bold of the truth of who God is, so God can sovereignly bring a- across his purposes. Now there's a few, if you, and I encourage you to read Daniel, when it gets kind of after chapter 7, there's a lot of uh, kind of imagery that I think you have to get a good commentary to understand properly, but the first kind of uh, six chapters is really just the story of these Israelite boys and how bold they were, and how that society was telling them to do one thing, to bow down to the king, to bow down to certain ways of doing things, and they didn't. The second thing you see is that the, the kings end up, once Daniel and then were bold, they end up actually buying their knees, knees to the living God and declaring that God's kingdom reigns forever. So there's this, there's this thing where God is showing that his sovereignty, and there's three different kings that are shown in the book of Daniel, and it just shows the rise and fall, and in all of that, Daniel is still there. And I think that's the call of the church. No matter where the, the world is going like this, and the church should be consistent because we know we stand on truth and we stand on Jesus Christ. So I want to read just a few things. Daniel 1.8. I'm sure it's going to be up there. But Daniel resolved that he will not defile himself with the king's food or the wine that they drank, that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself, and God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of, chief of the eunuchs. Next, 
up to verse 17. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. We are coming and we are living in that time again where God is going to start using men and women like you and me who know the living God, who knows everything, to, to be able to interpret dreams to kings in high places, which is amazing. At the end of the time when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king spoke with them. And among all of them, none of them was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all, uh, in all of his kingdom. Uh, and Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Sorry, did I read that right? Yeah. Here you have these men who stand up and say, listen, now in, in Jewish law, that they, there's certain foods that they weren't able to eat. There was just, it was considered uh, forbidden in, 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 by, by God. God put it in the law. So Daniel goes, listen, I'm gonna, can we do a little test? If, if we don't eat, if we just eat vegetables, drink water, and we, we are going to, I'll prove to you that our God is right, and basically your God is wrong. And, uh, and he comes to this point where, where, where Daniel, is at the end of this, this verse, he, he, they're ten times stronger. They, they, they look better than, than the, other, the other dudes. And uh, for me, it's just a clear picture that when we stand up to be bold in our workplace, at school, wherever we are, we put God's kingdom and principles first. God's going to bring a promotion and favor in others' eyes. Daniel 3 verse 8. It says, therefore, okay, actually we don't have time to read all of this, but go jot it down, Daniel 3 verse 8. This is the point where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there was this big idol set up of, um, of Nebuchadnezzar, and they, 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 everyone had to bow down. Wherever these horns were blown, everyone had to bow down. Three little guys came and told on these Israelite boys and said, listen, they're not bowing down, they're not worshiping me. And uh, anyway, they were... The, the king says, okay, cool, we're going to throw you into the fire. The fire was so hot that the people who, threw, who were going to kind of stoke in the fire and they're going to throw them in, they ended up dying. And you, kind of, you know the story, a lot of you went to Sunday school, I'm sure, and uh, there, there was a, where they went, they were thrown in the fire, but there was a fourth person in the fire, which is Jesus, this angel that, that was protecting them and keeping them safe. And again, there was such a boldness not to bow to the systems of this world. And if I think of... I've had friends in ministry, and not even in ministry, or just believers in Jesus who are strong, and they've just slowly but surely started to bow. It's not even on the major things. It's on the small things. You, you, you take a small compromise, small compromise, small Eventually, you've got so far from where the truth is, your heart becomes hard, and it's very hard to get back. And I, I feel that we need it in, in these last days, and uh, who knows what's going to happen in the world. I don't want to be... An, and they say, but there's, there's pretty hectic stuff happening. We need to be able to stand strong and not bow to the culture of the day. There's other men in the Bible. Daniel 11.32. Okay, so if you're taking points, boldness comes from knowing God. Daniel 11.32 says this. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. I spoke a little bit about John 15. It's God's desire for all of us to bear fruit. A Christian who's not bearing fruit needs to go look at the root. Needs to go back to the king. And I'm hoping we can have a moment at the end of tonight to say, Jesus, 
I come back to you afresh. I've had that many times in my life where I've drifted for whatever reason. If I haven't either spent time with God or I've got too busy with life. And you know, you, 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 am I the only one that's ever happened to is it? Is it kind of everyone here? And I think we need, we need to come back and even have a moment like we had with worship and we'll get Penny to come and play just now. Where we come and, and in a sense we recommit our lives to Jesus. We come back to Him. John 15 says that without abiding in Jesus Christ, we will never bear fruit. It says you cannot. There may be stuff in your life that you get on with, but if you don't learn to, to get back to the simplicity of relationship with Jesus, which I'm going to be pushing a lot over the next few months, and that's where the flute, the, the flute, that's where the fruit is going to come from and flow from. The Bible says that we will know God and we'll do great exploits. I don't know about you, but I honestly, I want to do big things for God. Anyone who wants to do things, big things for God, raise your hand. That's good. Okay, that's 99% of you. It comes down to the simplicity of, of knowing who God is. And can I encourage you, and this is really just on a practical point, get into a reading program. Get, uh, have, a, have a set time during your day where you, you, you seek the Father or, or you, you have a time where you put worship on because I, I can tell you right now, if you don't put it in your diary like you do so many other things, if it's going to movies, if it's going for dinner, if it's hanging out with friends, which all go in the diary or you're at work and there's a work meeting and that gets a chunk of your time. If you don't, prioritize time with Jesus, whether you even spend time fasting, dedicating yourself into Him, you will slowly and slowly and slowly step away from, from Him. It just, it's the way it is. It's relationship. If Stahl and I ignored each other every day, I can tell you in about a month's time our marriage will be over because it's relationship. I'm probably a little bit more needy than she is, which most guys are. Um, so I need a little bit more, but it's, it's, it's the way it is. It's the way men were made. Um, there's, uh, there's just, for me, there's amazing, if you go, just do like a scope over the Bible, and I didn't even kind of, just, just from memory, I was just thinking of guys like Moses, who, who gets up and, he, and he, God tells him to go rescue a million people. He says, go rescue my people. And he says, I can't speak. He was stuttering. He couldn't speak. But God uses him. He says, what's in your hand? There's a staff. He uses the staff to, to kind of bring all the plagues, to split the sea in, in, in two so the Israelites can walk through. There's, there's really no excuse. You look at David. Uh, when he was, the, all of his brother, the Samuel the prophet came to anoint uh, the next king of Israel. All of his brothers go, go forward and none of them were chosen. And Samuel says, is there anyone else? And uh, uh, Jesse, Daniel's, uh, sorry, Jesse, David's father goes and says, listen, there's, I've, got, I've got the other dude, but he's out and he's tending to the sheep. And the word there is actually a runt. It's like, it's like the leftover. It's the, it's the, it's the kid, you know what I mean? And God takes this, 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 this kid who was just worshipping him out in the field and makes him one of the most famous kings in history. God is just looking for a heart that's after him. It's as simple as that. I, um, I've been watching, like we said, quite a few of the, of the Hillsong things, which have been really inspiring. But there's, uh, there's Martin Smith, who we're hoping to get out here at some stage. Uh, and for me, he's just a humble dude who has sought Jesus. There's no real secret formula if you want to be used by God. It's just, God, I come before you and I seek your face. And I, and I hunger after you. There's, there's Joshua who has, he has such a knowing of who God is that he can actually tell the sun to, to stand still. They were fighting and he just shouts, sun, stand still. And the sun stayed up so they could carry on and win the war. I mean, 
Those are the things where I'm saying, God, I, 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 last night I, I couldn't sleep, and I started, who's heard of Oral Roberts? Famous healing evangelist in the, in the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, and uh, I just started watching some of his crusades, and they've got, they've got all of these things where it shows that he's healing these kids. And he's, uh, it was not him. He, he says clearly, he says, I don't have any healing power, but I know Jesus is here. I'm just a conduit of his love and of his power so we can see. And just one after the other people were saved, people were healed. I mean, the one lady, she was paralyzed in her arm. And you can't fake it and make this up, really. It's like people, people have a, uh, what's, what's, not cynical, um, skeptical. Sorry, I don't know why I looked at you guys. You just look clever. Um, people have a skeptical Mindset will think, well, that is all put on. You cannot fake. I, honestly, I've been to uh, different countries around the world, and I've seen people's legs grow. I've seen the miraculous breakout. We were with a friend who we prayed for, this dude who couldn't see a thing. By the end of the night, after praying for him, his eyes started to clear out. Almost the cali- what those, those white things on his eyes started to move away, and he started to see. Couldn't see fully, but for me, I was celebrating that Jesus had done something. And I was watching this, this uh, Oral Roberts, just this one lady came with a paralyzed arm, and you can see, I'm just, he just lays hands on her, and then radically healed. I'm like, we, we need to raise our faith and our expectation for God to move in our midst. And it could be anything. It could be, God, I'm trusting you for a business deal. I'm trusting you, King, that, 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 that something will come in and through my life so I can be generous to the nations. God, I'm trusting you for my, for my wife who I've been praying for for years that is unsaved. Lord, I'm trusting you. And we need to never, ever give up. We need to keep trusting that Jesus is good, that he heals, that he saves, that he wants to come and, and change everything about us. There's Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And, uh, and after that, I'm going to be almost done. And there's just a, he knew his God. So he had this boldness and it, I'm going to just quick give a brief overview of the story. And Stalin and I went to Mount Carmel in, in Israel, which was very, very cool. And, um, but basically what's happened is that uh, there's been some bad stuff going on in Israel. Ahab and Jezebel, and uh, basically Israel has turned their back on the living God and have turned to Baal and other, Baal and other prophets. And uh, they're basically worshipping uh, idols. Okay, they're worshipping the devil, basically. And um, so... So God, God calls Elijah to go almost have this, this kind of this fight on the top of the hill. And they have these, these two um, kind of sacrifice places where they've killed a bull, uh, whatever they killed, and they killed another one. And, um, and basically, kind of, uh, sorry, I'm just getting a little confused. Elijah comes and he says, listen, I want, I want this, let's have a competition now, basically. And he says, my God will come and consume my, my offering so why don't you guys pray to your God and see if he's real? So there's hours gone, and he almost like taunts them, and he, and he pushes them. He says, maybe Baal is sleeping, and these people start cutting themselves, and there's blood all over, and, and nothing happens. And then within a moment, Elijah pours a whole bunch of water on the bulls, and it becomes all drenched, and he says, God, will you prove yourself to be real? And, he, and the, 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 the offering gets consumed. People bow down and worship the living king. And he was so cocky because he knew who God was. And for me, Acts 14 says this, and it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John, and I'm going to insert other people's names there, Bruce, Starla, Simon, Amy, Raquel, 
When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men and women, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. I want people to be astonished because God has used me. And it comes down to simply being with Jesus. Honestly, the so many, I've sat with guys who are highly intellectual, way more clever than I am, and they've almost intellectualized the simplicity of the gospel. We just, we, God has just called us to love Him and love others. I'm going to end off. You can all stand to your feet. I want to, I want to just, Penny, if you wouldn't mind playing. Nelson Mandela who is, he says this, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Billy Graham says this, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes the stand, the spines of others are stiffened. And I think, can we just bow our heads? I think often this just comes from a place of who do we fear the most? Do we fear God? What He says, do we fear man? And uh, even in just, in just preparing, I, I feel that God wants to release courage over us. 1 John 4, 8 says, There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, is one who has not yet been, uh, yet been fully formed in love. There's these three, three four, four Hebrew boys who have forever been written in the books of history because they had a, a boldness to follow God first, to put Him first. There's lots that I can say about Daniel. He was a, he was a man that put the kingdom of God first. There was the principle of first. He, Jesus was first. The way God's will and His ways were first in His life. So Father, I just pray over every single person now, including myself in this prayer, that You would, that you would put boldness inside of us, Lord God. You would put a courage that is from heaven inside of our hearts, Lord. We, we look at the, the Gospels and there's a moment uh, in the book of Acts, sorry, where... Um, you have these ordinary men and women and they're in the upper room. They just, Jesus says, wait on me. All of a sudden, the power of, the God, power of God comes. They stumble out on the streets. They preach the gospel. Thousands are saved. The city's changed. A nation's changed. Other nations are changed. Father, we've seen it before happen time and time again, Lord God, and we are just as your people coming before you and say, God, would you put a boldness in our hearts to stand for truth when no one else is standing for it, God. Father, I pray that you would release a passion over our hearts today. you Lord can we just I don't want it to be like just us speak and you guys listen I 
think you need to engage God and say, and I can't force you to do this, and if you don't want to do it, you can. You don't have to. But can you just start to pray a prayer? And sometimes it's a dangerous prayer, but say, God, would you give me more boldness to preach your gospel? The good news of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that we would be a church that holds fast to your ways above everything, Lord God. That when society is telling us to do one thing and bow one way, Lord God, we are not. We are standing strong. Daniel stands and he's strong and he, and he tells the king something that the king's been waiting to hear. No magician in the land can interpret this dream. And, and uh, he goes and he, and he tells the king this thing and, and the king says, listen, I've got all these gifts for you I've, and I've, I can give you wealth that you can never imagine. Daniel says you can keep it for yourself. And there's an amazing thing that happens when we are bold. I remember my mom always telling me, I think she read it in some card somewhere. It says, be bold and mighty forces will come to your aid. God wants to release a boldness over us for His glory. Not for our own gain, but for His glory.